Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. got a whole bunch of booms seems like every day of july and i am can't be more excited and thrilled uh, and the month's only starting the month is only starting hello everybody and welcome back to charge on as always i'm your host john green as always a quick word from our sponsors bet online bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today or to get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, background's different. Like last week, thought I was switching it up in a good way, but there's probably Echo still. I apologize. I hope you come back next week. It will hopefully be fixed next week. I'll be in a brand new location. This is what happens when you move and you think you have everything figured out and then you realize you don't. So um, I was filming from my apartment last week and this week at the place I stay or my apartment complex, they have a lot of these office spaces. And I'm like, cool, that should be more condensed. But unfortunately, there's probably a little echo. You don't know how long we've, me and Rob have tinkered with it for the last 20 minutes to make sure I don't sound as bad. But I'm, I apologize for the echo. Rob, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I, you know, I, my mic's working fine, I think. I don't think I have the echo. Uh, and I'm not playing where in the world is Carmen San Diego every week like you where you're in a new new location every week but hey we'll we'll get it figured out that's that's part of the moving pains i'm sure i'm going to deal with the exact same thing in a month so it's so terrible like i i i am a stickler for perfection that he and the is. fact that i can't i can't do anything about this it is annoying the hell out of me especially when i want to scream at the top of my lungs this this is like the episode i've been waiting for for my entire life like if you would have told eight-year-old Sean that, hey, in the year 2023, UCF would be going to the Big 12, they're going to be playing Power 5 football, your head coach is Gus Malzahn, and on top of it, you're going to have like every day of the beginning of July, back to back to back to back to back, four-star recruits, the highest basically that you ever had in, in your program's history. I would have said there is no way in hell that my little old school UCF would become that big where we would have this much excitement around the program. And we're going to go through every single recruit that has committed to this point because, I mean, again, Rob, it was July 1, July 2. I feel like we got a break on July 3rd, but I might be wrong on that. July 4th, we got the the Kylan Fox. July 6th, Jacob Good. And EJ Colson. And this just happened. We are recording this yesterday. You're watching this on Friday. So we're recording it yesterday. And we had back-to-back commitments. Um, kind of knew that they were happening early in the day. And 
it just seems like there's going to be a lot more. So we're going to go into each of them, Rob, but like kind of give your take on the this past week. It's been literally kind of just straight insanity with all of these guys dropping their commitments kind of back to back, which has only helped UCF in the eyes of the recruiting world and kind of scaring some people in the state specifically. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely building up a lot of hype for the fan base. I mean, obviously, this is future, you know, not not so distant future. I mean, it's next year. But, you know, I mean, it's obviously future prospects, future guys, future recruits that can obviously, you know, things can still change. We know commitments change, recruitments change. But, I mean, at least for now, I mean, it gives us a lot of confidence going into the second year in the Big 12. I mean, these guys are all going to be coming out of high school. And, I mean, your recruiting class, we thought we peaked with, like, John Walker committing and, you know, guys like Kevin Call committing and stuff like that. Now you got, you know, like five, four stars plus Stacey Gage, who, you know, committed in June. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive class and it's not done yet. Like there's still a ways to go before Gus finalizes this recruiting class. And I mean, uh, but what a what a start to it. And it, like you said, it seems like back everything's back to back to back. Like there's not two or three days that pass where there's not, you know, a boom from Gus. So, I mean, they're keeping the fireworks going, you know, the July 4th ain't the only boom we got. I mean, it's, it's, it's been continuous. And I think that only generates the hype around UCF going into the big 12 is that we're already making splashes with recruitment. I mean, like you said, if you would have told your eight-year-old self this, I mean, go back even five, six years ago. I mean, under Frost and Heupel, we were we were hyped when we got a good three-star. Now you're getting consistent, high-rated three-stars, you know, pretty pretty high-rated four-stars too. I mean, it's, it's a dream come true for UCF and its instant impact from Gus and, you know, that big 12 move. And like I said, and I want to make it very clear, right? Like, at the end of the day, stars don't matter. And I've always said that. I said, at the end of the day, like UCF built their legacy on those two and three star prospects, right? So like, I'm never going to sit here and be like, hey, we're big time now. Like, it's about the player. It's about what that player's intangibles are, what they bring to your roster. It only just shows you how those guys that were here before have elevated the program so much. And the Big 12 obviously helps it, but... We don't get into the Big 12 without all the players that were here prior, right? So, and look like the Gabe Davises, the Mackenzie Millens, right? Like the Blake Bortles is of the world. They they helped UCF get to where they are. And that's why the recruiting has taken such a big leap. We're getting quarterback commits 18 months prior to when they're going to sign. Like Riley Trujillo was pretty early in, in the class for the most part. EJ Colson... Commits July 6th, 2023. He won't end up signing his letter of intent until November of 24. It's about 18 months, give or take, away from his commitment as a quarterback. That is what Power 5 programs do. They sign their quarterback for the class very early. So you know for the next class who, you know, who your quarterback might potentially be. So it's insanity. I'm loving it. The month is far from over, Knights fans. Far from over. Um, I've heard some names. I will give you whatever intel I have uh, from what I've heard. And this is intel I've collected. I I do not steal information. Um, But I have some good ideas of who might be next. And we will get into those at the end of the episode. But let's get in to the guys. And again, 
long ways away from November, Rob, right? We are a ways away from pen to paper. So these are commitments. They are not UCF nights as as of yet. They are nights by default right now. Uh, but anything can change. I wouldn't have been able to tell you if Sincere Edwards was going to decommit. And it seems like he's going to be a pit panther. So it's like anything can happen. But let's get in to, we'll go in order. So July 1st, Walt Claire Flynn Jr. Um, that was one where it seemed like Rob, I mean, he's 268th nationally. I'm going off of rival or uh, 247 rankings here. So uh, forgive me if I'm not 100% accurate all the way. But while Claire Flynn, uh, Flynn was rated 268 nationally, uh, he's 20th in this, his position. One of the best interior offensive linemen in the class. UCF's probably going to have him play center. Uh, obviously, four-star rated recruit. Uh, he's from, he plays at Grace, Grayson High School um, in Loganville, Georgia. Um, Kylan Fox's teammate. They are teammates at Grayson. And this was a guy, Rob, I really wanted. Obviously, offensive line, there's a couple guys in the class. We'll talk about potential uh, after this, after we talk about the guys that have committed. But while Claire Flynn was high up on my board uh, as a must get for UCF, obviously, Matt Lee leaves, he goes to Miami. Uh, we obviously pick up some needs in the transfer, transfer portal uh, to potentially fill that role at center, uh, but you had to get one in this class. And I think that was a good, great get in Walt Claire Flynn. His dad is a, basically a recruiter for UCF on socials. He's been liking tweets for me for months, so I've kind of had a good feeling. Um, it was kind of weird because you didn't really hear much out of Flynn's camp. He took a visit to us. He took a visit to AM. And, but I always had a feeling and I said it on my pod. I said, listen, I have a good feeling about Walt Claire Flynn just because it seems like the family really wants him to go there. And it seems like UCF has made him a priority, which Walt Claire has kind of embraced. So kind of give your take on Walt Claire Flynn again, huge pickup for her hand on the offensive line. And seems like he's going to get some pretty early playing time here in the next, at least two years, um, depending on again, if he signs or not, but uh, I would imagine one of the big reasons why he committed to UCF is the fact that he'll be able to play early at center. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's really what you're looking at is, like you said, Matt Lee departs. You get a couple transfers in to, you know, try potentially fill that spot. And then, you know, you're going to get a long-term solution, hopefully, with Walt Claire Flynn, where he'll just slot right in. His first year, he'll be getting, you know, a lot of snaps at center, hopefully, and, you know, he can fill those needs on the offensive line. And really what you're looking at is hopefully getting at least, you know, two, three years out of him where he's he's starting consistently and getting snaps at center and across the offensive line, depending on where he plays, um, if he doesn't stick there. But, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, centers and centers, especially on the offensive line, are so valuable um, in, in college football. And I think what, what we've proven is, you know, especially with the style of offense that UCF plays, you know, having a good offensive line when the offensive line plays well, I mean, they open up so many holes for the running, running backs. And, you know, obviously we haven't seen what Darren Henshaw has uh, brought to the table yet. You know, he's talked about opening more plays downfield, you know, not just spam run every play. Um, but I, I assume it's still going to be a pretty run-heavy, run-first offense um, mindset under Gus while he's here. So, I mean, Walt Claire comes in. Uh, I mean, there you go. There's there's holes that you're hopefully opening by having high-rated centers, high-rated offensive linemen 
um, you know, 2024 and beyond where you're going to get some of these high rated uh, running backs like Tavion Swint, like Stacy Gage, where if you want to maximize them and you really want to run a, a consistent, successful um, run first offense, that's where those holes are going to come from is those high rated offensive line. Because uh, we saw it this past season, you know, offensive line was one of the big downfalls of UCF. Um, you didn't know what you were going to get week to week. Some some weeks they had great, great weeks. Other weeks they took penalty after penalty and, you know, they couldn't up, open up those holes and they let the quarterback, uh, you know, get scrambled too much. So hopefully moving forward, Walt Claire Flynn is just one, you know, one key piece to that offensive line that really sets up UCF for success in the future. Yeah, and we'll see. Obviously, potentially, who else could <laughs> could come into the fold here? We, we'll mention a name here in a little bit, but um, it seems like that. I'm not going to say Herb Hand because I think Herb Hand, what he does really well in recruiting is he recruits guys he knows will be the bullies. Right? He gets the bullies on the offensive line, and they might not be the highest rated athletes, right? They might not be the highest rated star wise, but you know, if, if they're on her hands, offensive line or offensive line, they're going to be studs. So the fact of the matter is this class or this kind of the way that they're recruiting this 24 class, they're going after some of the heavy hitters, right? And I think that makes me excited that again, you're going to get some of those top offensive line guys. And some of those guys are saying, listen, I want to go play for Coach Hand, Coach Malzahn, and I know I'm probably going to get playing time relatively early if I do what I'm supposed to do. So I'm excited for Walt Claire. I think he's going to be a great addition, and I think he sticks with this commitment. I don't see him wavering at all. Then we go to July 2nd, Qua Birdsong. Now, we've been talking about him. Uh, Rob is the biggest fan of Qua Birdsong that you will meet on the face of this planet Earth. I told him... Geez, Rob, maybe a month and a half ago, I think, maybe a month, month ago, uh, when he was at, um, yeah, when he was at Bounce House weekend, I said he's going to commit to UCF. He's 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 not going to be at Sensi. He's committed to UCF. And Rob's like, I need that last name on a UCF jersey. I need it. I need him to commit just for that reason. But you can have a solid name, but you might not be a solid player. Qua Birdsong fits the bill of an elite linebacker uh, in this class. I mean, he's a four-star linebacker. You know, Ernie Sims gets another one, 6'2", 195. Maybe needs to bulk up a little bit, but he's got the height. If he put on maybe 10, 15 more pounds, I think he could really be a hard-hitting linebacker for us. Um, Another Georgia guy out of Troop County. Um, And I mean, again, I think you lose a linebacker. and, And we talk. I talked about this like, couple pods ago when we lost Sam Robinson. And I said, listen, there's clearly a reason. And I said, Qua Birdsong is most likely the reason why Sam Robinson gets out. DJ McCormick, who, friend of the show, viewer of the show, uh, might have him on here in the next week or two. We'll see. But when you have a guy like him, who I think can play pretty early for the Knights, and a guy like Qua Birdsong, signing another linebacker like Sam Robinson that's that's three linebackers in a class you know that George is kind of running into that problem because they've signed a lot of safeties this class so it's kind of leaving people questioning okay like where are they going to play on the defensive back end are they going to play corner are they going to play safety where are they going to go or are a couple of those guys going to kind of look to bring their commitment elsewhere a la Jalen Hayward so I think in this commitment you're getting a linebacker that you know 
Sorry to Cincy, but that was their number one rated recruit in program history. They're number one in rated recruit in program history, guys. And UCF takes them. And if you're looking, and again, again, stars do not matter. But in just this class, he's our fourth best commitment, according to the rankings. So for all those people that are like, since he's in a much better position than UCF, since he you know, has way better culture and a way better, you know, everything going into that Big 12. Because I have seen that. Not everybody, but I have seen Cincy fans think whatever. This shows you we take your recruits, but also we're in a much better position in in every facet. But Rob, talk about Quad song a little bit. Obviously, one of the best linebackers to commit to UCF. I mean, kind of what has Ernie Sims brought really early on in his tenure? I mean, he's only been here about three months and gets a, a four-star linebacker to commit pretty pretty early. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you're seeing here is is a guy that's high rated that you know not only commits but decommits from a rival program going into the Big Twelve with you, and and flips to the rival school. So I mean it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, Ernie Sims gets off to the right foot uh, with UCF as a program, and I think. I think this is just a great recruitment, not just because of the name alone. I mean, I, I like you said, I fell in love with the name immediately. Qua Birdsong is one of the greatest names, not just in like UCF history, but in like college football history. Walt Claire Flynn's pretty good too. Don't get me wrong, but oh, I mean, Quab- we have like a plus. Like right now, our our twenty four class has some of the best names. I think you'll find anywhere in college football. Kylan Fox, like come on, K- like dude, Kevin Call name. is a cool name. I mean, yeah, that was the twenty three class, but yeah, we we have some we have some good. I mean, some good names continue, but Stacy Gage. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're talking just twenty twenty four, Casey Stokes. It's, it's listen, sincere Edwards is a pretty good name too, and it sucks that we lost them talent wise and name wise. But I mean, I think Qua Birdsong's a real nice trade off there. And again, you know, just like we were talking about offensive line, I think linebacker is pretty much the position of need for UCF, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I'm not in love with the secondary, but I think the secondary recruit wise is in a much better position than linebacker. Um, you know, we'll see what happens this year, but UCF lost a lot of talent, you know, at linebacker and, you know, even, uh, getting Greer from USF. I mean, that was something we thought was gonna, um, you know, was going to be a day one starter this season. And, you know, they end up losing him, um, you know, just a few months after getting his commitment. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, getting someone like, um, like Qua Birdsong here, you know, a versatile guy, a quick guy, fast guy at linebacker. I think he's the 33rd ranked, uh, linebacker in the class. So, I mean, you're getting a very good quality linebacker that again, you're, you're looking for two, three years out of this guy where he's going to be a consistent starter and he's going to be a good quality starter in, Arguably, not even just, you know, on, on both sides of the ball, I think one of the biggest positions of need for UCF. And, and you know, Ernie Sims is, is answering it here. So I, I think that's a big, big commitment from the whole team. And I didn't even talk about Deshaun Presley. I mean, again, we're already talking about our four stars last couple of days. Deshaun Presley from Dr. Phillips High School, local kid, committed to UCF on the 30th of June. We're so like July heavy because everything happened in July. But we're not even a weekend. Not even a weekend. No, the top. No, that's the thing. Like a top 100 linebacker, and he's the third best linebacker technically on your board in the recruiting rankings. Like that, to me, that's insane. You got also Chasen Johnson corner out of Sam, uh, Seminole High School. So we don't talk about those guys, not because it's not because they're any less important. Like 
I mean, again, you're getting an 85 overall three-star corner and an 85 overall linebacker three-star, both local kids. Keep the hometown hero, you know, pipeline. That's great too. Like those kids are going to help. And again, it's all about relationships. And clearly the staff has built relationships. Whereas no offense to the previous classes, um, not the previous classes, but the previous 10 years of some of our head coaches and staffs, but they didn't recruit Orlando like that. And clearly it is a must to recruit Orlando specific and also everywhere in Florida and Georgia. But no, Qua Birdsong, I mean, again, third linebacker in the class. And it looks like we're probably done at linebacker. We'll see what happens. But I think we've got the linebackers uh, for this class. So that was on the 2nd of July, guys. That was July 2nd. Now we'll go to my number one guy on the board. I've been saying it for weeks. I've had this guy number one, like as a must-get for UCF. Uh, I've wanted him for a long time. I said, if we can get this guy, that's my guy, number one guy on the board. And that's Kylan Fox. Obviously, Kylan Fox uh, he's ranked 229th in the nation, um, 18th in his position. I think he's the, that's an athlete, but I think he's like the 11th rated tight end. Um, if you put him with the tight end rankings, um, he also plays at Grayson, Grayson. Like I said, he's uh teammates with Walt Claire Flynn, 6'4", 208. And if you go watch this guy play, you'll see why I want him so bad. Uh, high points, the ball makes those contested, contested catches. I think he ran like 20 miles an hour. Uh, I think someone clocked him at 20 miles an hour. Competitor, leader. Go watch um, his documentary on YouTube. I mean, you can see how much of a leader he is. And that's why I wanted him. Because he kind of has that whole package. And I think he's going to bring people. There are going to be people that commit to this class because they want to play with a guy like that. Um, His mom, you could tell, has really loved UCF. And uh, there was definitely a recruiting battle between us and FSU. And FSU fans and Gator fans and Miami fans, they don't, want, they don't want to admit that they get in recruiting battles with us. Their whole thing is, oh, there are seconds. There are there are sloppy seconds. We don't. We, we got a better guy. And though FSU does have the number one tight end in the nation, don't get it twisted. FSU really wanted Kylan Fox. They wanted to pair their number one tight end with Kylan Fox. And they lost out. They lost out to UCF. And I think UCF put on a, a hard push. Um, I think... They showed him clips of uh, CJ Uzama or in, in co and said, this is kind of how we'll, we'll play you. Um, and again, the biggest get that we can get now, granted, there are some players coming up that again are ranked or rated better in the overall class than Kylan Fox. But I think when you talk about offensive an offensive weapon, you can't get much better than Kylan Fox. So, Kind of give your take off tight end. Let me tell you. Now we have we'll talk again. There's potential to add another tight end, but Randy Pittman from last year, and coaches rave about Randy Pittman. Like he's only been on campus for four months and nobody can stop talking about him. They make it very well known that Randy Pittman is a guy. And if you could add a guy, you add Kylan Fox, who's gonna immediately improve the tight end room. And potentially Tavion Galloway, we're not 100% sure, but if you could potentially add, you have Randy Pittman, Tavion Galloway, and Kylan Fox. At this point, Randy Pittman and Kylan Fox is your future tight ends. Talk about Kylan Fox, but kind of just talk about tight end-wise, might be the best tight ends UCF has ever had in the history of the program. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Kylan Fox, I mean... 
guy is versatile to to a T. I mean, uh, one of the things he's lauded for is that he does have that size. He does have that length. He's 6'4". He's got a huge wingspan, so he's got, you know, he's got long, long arms. So, I mean, as a tight end, those are, you know, again, intangibles that, you know, play, play a huge factor. I mean, that size makes a difference, especially in college. Um, you know, so so playing that uh, that kind of guy with that kind of reach and that kind of length, that tight end. I mean, that's that's a guy you're looking for. That's probably going to be you know pure pure offense at tight end. Um, he's going to get some catches. I mean, he did pretty well for um, for Grayson, and he even I, I mean he even played some defense too. Um, you know, there's there's argument to be made that you know he could even be versatile at defense because because of those uh, that size advantage at being six four having the reach having the the wingspan but i think he's coming here to play tight end pretty clearly um and it's again offensively you can't teach that stuff that stuff you're just born with and he's he's got he's got a gift i mean he's got a natural gift so it's up to him to put it all together and you know be successful with ucf but i think it gets you excited i mean like you said it's a stacked tight end room um if randy Pittman ends up being as good as uh, a lot of UCF um, personnel thinks he can be, and a lot of UCF fans think he's going to be. Um, I think it's going to get very interesting uh, how how much you can use because then you're not just committing to one guy. You can use Kylan Fox in certain situations because of that reach advantage. You can use Randy Pittman as your your main tight end, but also incorporate other guys in there since you have such a stacked room. I mean, the the offensive potential is is truly endless there. Um, and, and definitely, I mean, you know, in the past we've had great tight ends, Jake Hescock, Alec Holler, very popular guys, um, with, with the UCF fan base and the UCF team. But I mean, I think this talent wise, you're looking at, like you said, one of the, one of the most talented, um, uh, one of the most talented tight end rooms that you're looking at just intangible wise and, and talent wise. No. Yeah. And you, Jordan Aikens too. I mean, you've got guys in the league that were on a roster at tight end. And I think it'll be interesting because I think Alec Holler obviously is your tight end number one, but I, I, I do think if, and we'll talk about it later, but I think if UCF can nab, cause you already have Kylan Fox. If you have Kylan Fox and Tavion Galloway signed in the same class, I think Randy Pittman gets a lot of play this year. Not, not because, Oh, like you got to make room for the guys coming in. But I think, there, you might see a lot of two tight end sets with Alec Holler and Randy Pittman. Because if Randy Pittman's as good as these coaches are making him out to be, I'm assuming he's going to get a lot of playing time. Because, again, in this new offense, in last year's offense, the tight end wasn't really a, a focal point, right? Or like It was more of a blocking scheme or you know short out routes. I think in this new offense, we'll see. But it seems like whatever they're showing them is really intriguing to these tight end prospects of like, okay, I want to be here. Like if you nab two of the top 15 tight ends in the class, there's reason to believe the tight ends are going to be more involved. We'll see. Um, but let's keep moving on. Cause again, too many prospects to talk about at this point. Um, so that was on the fourth. So we kind of had a little break on the fifth We, You know, you drank too much on the fourth. Boom recovery, boom off. overload. Boom. You have a boom recovery. And then today, to make up for the non-boom on the fifth, you get double booms on the sixth. So we'll take up. Uh, we'll talk about Jacob Good right now. Another Georgia. It seems like these booms are all from Georgia. Which again, usually just like Florida, Georgia's a great football state, and we get a lot of good recruits there. So he was. Uh, let me tell you about this kid, Rob. I mean, undersized mainly for a safety. 
I think that's the one negative for this kid and why I don't think a lot of people really talked about him too much, even though his top five, people are like, oh, that was his top five. Alabama, Florida, Oregon, and Ohio State were in his top five along with UCF. So it's not like this kid, he undersized, but he was wanted. He was pushed, I guess, I know Alabama pushed hard for him at the end. Alabama really wanted him, so that tell if that tells you anything. He he's a good he's a good get, um, and maybe his you know f- ranking doesn't even kind of tell you the full story. Goes to Langston Hughes, five eleven and a half, one eighty. Again, a little bit undersized. He, he's going to grow into his body, but he plays. He's a nasty safety. He is a ball hawk. You can really tell he's got good fundamentals. Um, he's the 39th safety in the class. I mean, again, this one, we knew he was committing July 6th. I was kind of iffy. I didn't know kind of because I knew Alabama was pushing hard. And what everything I saw from him, it seemed like he wanted to go to Alabama. But I also knew he made a good relationship with Addison Williams, obviously new defensive coordinator. Addison Williams pushed hard for him. And you end up winning out. And again, I think... Rob, when you get into these recruiting battles with some of these top schools like Alabama, the Floridas, the you know Georgias, the Ohio States, that shows you like, and again, you can make the argument some of these kids want to go and they want the opportunity to play sooner rather than later. And I understand that argument, but I don't, I think you could have made that argument more two years ago or three years ago when say... You know, a guy like uh, Javon Baker, right? Transfers to UCF because clearly you don't know if he's going to get a lot of playing time in Alabama. Comes to UCF as a stud. I think getting these guys out of high school and making choosing UCF outright, like Highland Fox could again went anywhere in the country, right? He Florida State pushed for him hard, and at the end of the day, he said, "I want to go to UCF." We a guy like Jacob Good, who's like, I basically have an offer from any school I can want to go. Like every top school that I could, and I'm choosing to go to UCF. And you you read like there were Alabama fan sites that were raving about this kid. Um, so I think there's a a two kind of part taker from this commitment, which is number one, we're getting a lot of recruits from Georgia, and we are recruiting Georgia heavily, which is awesome. And number two, it's showing you the shift that the Big Twelve has had that we're getting all of these guys that are choosing UCF just because it's UCF and not, oh, I'm going to get playing time. Though that might have some merit where they're saying, yeah, I'm going to be able to play a little bit earlier than if I were to go to Alabama. People are saying, I want to go to UCF because I see what they're building. I get to play in the Power Five. I get to go live in Orlando. And I get to get coached by a national championship head coach. So it's like, tell me about Jacob Good. What do you think of this commitment? And kind of just, again, the the recruiting in whole has been up the notch. Like, I've never seen this many four stars on a UCF recruiting board in ever. So kind of give your thoughts on this kid and what it means to beat out some of these schools that were beaten out for recruits. Yeah, I mean, especially not in like a week span time too. Like, I mean, this is, this is what it's like to be power five, I guess. Right. I mean, this is, this is what it's about. Um, we knew Gus was a great recruiter, arguably, I don't even think it's arguable at this point, probably the best recruiter we've ever had come in as a head coach. Um, and add the staff. The staff yeah, is doing absolutely. an incredible job. Gus is, I mean, Gus is sur- incredible job. Yeah, Gus has surrounded himself with an elite staff, recruitment-wise, coaching-wise. I mean, these guys know how to get 
down on the ground and know how to recruit. Um, so, I mean, hats off to them. This is just as much their thing as it is Gus's. It's a, it takes a entire program to do this. And, um, UCF right now is surrounded football wise with great recruiters. So, I mean, but you, you come to this and Jacob Good. I hope that's how we pronounce his name. We're assuming that's how his name, last name is pronounced. I hope, yeah. I hope that's how it's pronounced. Um, but no, what you see is kind of a, you know, he's going to primarily play safety and he's a little undersized, like you said, but he's a little bit of a Swiss army knife. He, he played uh, all three positions in the secondary in high school, primarily safety, obviously, but he got some reps at corner. Um, you know, he got, got all those reps at safety. So you can see that he is a little bit, again, versatility is where this comes into play. UCF played linebacker. Too, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you see, he's all over the defense. So, um, again, UCF likes these guys that can play, not so much play multiple positions, but, you know, can kind of do anything that you're called upon to do. Uh, and that's kind of what Jacob Good did in high school. If they needed him to slot in at corner, he could go ahead and do that. He could slot in at linebacker if you need him to. But again, this is a guy that's going to primarily play safety. Um, and I like the way that UCF secondary is going to be looking recruitment wise uh, this year and next year. I think I think we've gotten some good secondary help. Um you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people noticed last season was uh, undersized at safety, but there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of speed. And I think a guy a guy this kind of undersized, not saying he won't bulk up. I think he will will bulk up a little bit. But just having a fast, slim guy like that is, you know, is is uh, a good thing to have when you're fighting those one-on-one battles. You might not win them with some, you know, obviously bigger tight ends, bigger wide receivers, but beating them to the ball first is very important just as much. Yeah, and it seems like Jashad Presley, I know he's considered a linebacker. You could put him at safety. I think UCF might put him at safety and linebacker, depending. But Goode can play safety. I mean, again, maybe bulk him up a little bit. Again, these guys are seven, like he's 17 today. So it's like, you know, give him some time, obviously. But it, again, elite ball skills, versatile. You said it, Rob. So it's like, it's great. I, I'm it's an embarrassment of riches at this point. Like it's it's weird. I'm excited to see honestly where this class could be in a month. Like if we make it to November and everybody signs how it's supposed to, I'm excited to see what that number is gonna say in team ranking. Because let's go to 2025. Let's talk last guy we're gonna talk about. And again, this pod's coming out Friday, July 7th. So if there's more commitments by the next pod, we'll talk about it. But if there's commitment today, we recorded yesterday. There's too many to keep up with, folks. We got to like, you know, take a chill pill every once in a while. Now, this is going to change. But I've never seen the number so high as it is right now for the class of 2025. For the class of 2025, UCF is ranked ninth in the entire country. With two recruits, obviously. Now, the only people that are in front of UCF right now, and again, I understand. I'm not going too high like it's ever going to stay there. But Georgia has six commitments for their number one, obviously. Alabama, Penn State, Ohio State, Clemson, TCU, Michigan, Oklahoma, and UCF. And you nab your quarterback. Oh, and just a little FYI, Florida State is 13th, but we're not going to, we're not going to. I'm actually intrigued. I want to see Florida State's commits. I want to see. This is uh, live TV, folks. So they nabbed their quarterback, and they nabbed a wide receiver. Uh, and yes, both of our commits are a little bit rated higher than them, but it's okay. 
it's okay. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. It's okay. Um, but you get a guy in EJ Colson, right? And you have Tavion Swin already. He's been committed again right now. He's, in my opinion, he's the best running back in the class, but it's, he's a hundred top 100 prospect. He's a technic ninth running back in the class. Um, and then UCF goes and nabs the 24th best quarterback um, in the 2025 class um, out of Georgia. Again, it seems like UCF is just recruiting the hell out of Georgia, which is great. If you can recruit Orlando good, you can do whatever else you want. Um, Ellenwood, Georgia goes to Cedar Grove, six foot, 180. What do you know, Rob? Basically, the quarterback that UCF recruits every single year. Um, Riley Trujillo is a little bit different. He's a little bit taller. You know, I know he could still run, but not the prototypical. This guy is a prototypical Gus slash, I guess, Darren Hinshaw now quarterback. As a sophomore, I'm going to read, according to 247 Sports, um, as a sophomore, he led Cedar Grove to an 11-3 record and an appearance in Georgia's AAA title game. He completed 182 of 290 pass attempts for 2,632 yards with 229 touchdowns to go against six interceptions. He also carried the ball 127 times for 486 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, Pumped. Pumped. And it's not just, you know, again, even if you signed a two-star quarterback for the 25 class right now, it's good to get a quarterback early. You want to get a quarterback early in the class to make sure you recruit for the entire year because you can now start kind of working 24 is the main, the main priority, but you can now start making 25 a priority. And when these 25 guys are coming in on unofficials uh, during the season, when they're coming to visit, you know, games, you're going to have your quarterback there and that's going to help your recruiting chances. If you're looking at skill position players, okay, do I want this quarterback throwing to me? And it seems like you're going to want CJ Colson throwing to you. So I just, it's, it's funny, Rob. It's just the, the entire shift and Gus and, and co have had great relationships in Georgia. They, they had amazing relationships in Georgia. They've built so many great relationships in Orlando. And this kid, again, I hate saying it on the pod. I've said it, I guess like five times now when it comes to the different quarterbacks that we've, you know, kind of gotten, you know, signed prototypical Gus guy, a guy that can run and throw and, it doesn't matter if they're the highest rated quarterback recruit. Like Trujillo is 40th and you've upped it by getting the 24th, according to 247, best quarterback in the class, a top 30 quarterback. So what does it say for UCF in the 25 class? I mean, again, we're a top 10 class technically right now. Um, Obviously, we understand the way that UCF does things. And that's why I want to temper people's expectations because UCF and it might be different this year. It's looking like it potentially might be different. I know, remember last year, we recruited less recruits for the 23 class because we knew we were going to use up a lot of scholarships on uh, transfer portal guys. I don't know how they're doing it this year. It seems like UCF might stick to that because, again, you don't know who is transferring out. A lot of these big-time programs, they're kind of just signing a bunch of guys for the class, which is fine by me and fine by a bunch of people. But if you lose people you lose some of those, you know, potential transfer portal opportunities. So it seems like UCF kind of sticks to a certain number and then stops. They get the guys they want. They don't recruit more than they need. But to go out in the class of 2025 and get a top running back off the board, a top quarterback off the board, I'm 
I'm obviously pumped for 24. It's going to break every record UCF holds. Maybe the only thing they don't break is obviously the highest rated recruit in UCF history. Because right now that's John Walker. I think the class of 2025 right now is shaping up to break that record and potentially smash the 24 class in terms of ranking. Now, again, we don't know who's going to commit. There are a couple names and we're going to talk about it. This is a long podcast, folks. We apologize. Um, We could get a lot of guys here that can really up this uh, recruiting class for the 24 class. Um, But how big is it, Rob, to get a guy like this in 25 this early? And how big could this class be knowing you have your number one running back ready? You have your number one quarterback ready. And mostly those guys kind of stick. Once you sign your number one running back and your quarterback, like there's not a lot of like potentially flipping. Like I think Swint is locked in. There's no chance he he decommits. Now you get EJ Colson. I don't see him decommitting. You're he you know he's kind of that quarterback that is gonna stay, right? So how big of first of all, just talk about EJ Colson in general, but how big is this for the 25 class and for the coaches on the staff right now to recruit Georgia? but recruit Orlando, Florida, and Georgia as well. Yeah, I mean, this is something that really hasn't been done under previous regimes. I mean, Gus has made it a point to get the hometown heroes. Um, you know, if you can't recruit in your home base of, of Central Florida, then you're going to struggle recruiting in other hotbeds. I mean, Central Florida is, you know, Central Florida and South Florida are the two biggest hotbeds, two of the biggest hotbeds in college football, college sports in general, baseball, basketball, football, um, you know, across all sports, it's pretty much California, but the California guys tend to stay out West, Texas and Florida. Those are the big three, uh, typically when it comes to, to football recruiting. Um, so getting these guys to stay at home and, and, you know, Georgia's not that much farther. Um, you know, Atlanta's seven hours from Orlando, but the Georgia borders, you know, two and a half, three hours away. It's, it's really Georgia is a neighboring state. So it's not like you're going that much farther to go recruit these guys. Um, and, you know, Gus obviously has those connections still. That was one of the biggest green flags of hiring Gus was this is not only a guy that has the experience of winning and actually producing on the field, you know, obviously winning a national championship. But at the same time, this is a guy that has that previous recruitment uh, experience. This is a guy that knows how to go into the South. He knows to go into Georgia. He knows how to go into Florida, and he knows how to go recruit those guys. So we're seeing more guys out of Georgia and Central Florida than we've ever seen before. I mean, you see multiple guys out of Tampa, multiple guys out of Ocala, Popka, you know, various areas of Orlando and and the surrounding Central Florida area that. Um, are deciding to stay home and become hometown heroes. I mean, it's become, it's not even a gimmick. It's its a, a thing that UCF is living by these last two recruiting classes. So it's going to be something they continue with. But no, I mean, you look at EJ Colson, another guy out of Georgia. Um, this is a very important recruit for UCF. Um, this is typically what a lot of big programs do. I mean, you saw Florida do it with DJ Lagway. DJ Lagway, you know, is, is also away from his... Uh, uh, letter of commitment, uh, letter of intent, but you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's DJ Lagway is a five-star composite on, on two, four, seven. Um, EJ Colson's a four-star composite on two, four, seven. So you're getting these high end guys and I'm not trying to compare the two, but it's similar in the sense that you're getting your quarterback early. You're getting your most position, your most important position filled early. Um, you know, Florida did it a year and a half with Lagway. He's a 2024 recruit. 
UCF's doing it with their 2025 recruiting EJ Colson. We don't know, you know, by the time he signs his letter of intent, we don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback uh, his first year. Uh, we'll assume that for now. But I mean, after JRP is is off of off of this team, um, that quarterback room is wide open. Uh, you know, it, so there there is not a guy that's that has that uh, starting spot lo- locked down. So it is very well the case that 2025 rolls around. Colson's your starting quarterback. And again, like you said, you said it all with them. True dual threat quarterback. He runs the ball a lot. He forwards the ball a lot on the ground. He scores touchdowns. He can throw. He throws for a lot of yardage, throws for a lot of touchdowns. So I think that's that's right up Gus's alley, right up Darren Henshaw's alley. True dual threat quarterback has been the way. Uh, that's why they trusted JRP so much, and I think it's why they're going to trust EJ Colson moving forward. It should be interesting. To get a guy like this is great. And again, the 24 class is only going to get better. Um, I'm going to go into a couple names. We're going to go really quick because we still have to talk about the preseason ranking for UCF. But I'm going to go into a couple names that you've been hearing among the UCF community and if I think they'll commit or not. What I'm hearing and how this class could basically be huge. So, Luane McCoy. Luane McCoy is right now a wide receiver commit to Florida State. He's an athlete. Uh, I think you are going to see a flip here within the month, maybe a little bit more than that. Just depends on when he wants to do it. Um, I know Kylan Fox is recruiting him hard, and Florida State has a lot of recruits signed to this 24 class. So I would bet a lot of money. Uh, I don't want to say bet because anything changes every day, but Lewayne McCoy, keep an eye out for him. Four-star wide receiver prospect. If you go down the list of another bunch of prospects, Eddie Pierre-Lewis. Um, again, uh, Rob really wants this guy. I really want this guy. He's going to really help the offensive line. Um, another interior offensive lineman, but 6'3", 335. I mean, put him out left or right guard. I mean, good luck. Good luck. Um, again, four-star interior offensive lineman. He is from Tampa Catholic. So again, basically Orlando's second, or Tampa's hometown team, obviously. Um, UCF as well. So, uh, he has a crystal ball to UCF. I don't know when he's going to commit. I think he said he might commit in August, closer to the season. I might be wrong on that, but right now he has a crystal ball to UCF. So keep your eyes out for that. Tavon Galloway, it seems like UCF is in a recruiting battle for the four-star tight end uh, with Purdue and us. So obviously we are the number one space school. Purdue can take a backseat to that. But it seems like he's really liking Purdue right now. I know he's still tweeting about UCF stuff. I think he's having a good time and just having fun on social media. So I wouldn't take anything too seriously. But again, he's 6'5", 230. So if you compare him up with Kylan Fox, I mean, 6'4", and 6'5", tight ends that can go up and get the ball. He was obviously an LSU commit. He decommitted. And now it seems like we're in a recruiting battle for two for his services. Um, If we go down the list, let me tell you about a couple more. Solomon Williams, um, he's a... High end three star edge six three two fifty. Um, it seems like it's he's been recruited by a lot of top schools: Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Texas. Um, I don't know. I can't get a good read on Solomon Williams. I think we're in a good spot for him, um, especially since I think he'd be probably the number one edge in the class that we would really want. Um, another edge is Elias Williams. We are warm on him, but we're in a recruiting battle. He's kind of wanted in a lot of places. 
um, with Mizzou, Indiana, Kansas, and Florida State. So that'll be interesting to kind of take a look at. Um, I had a couple more names. Um, Brandon Jacob. Now, Brandon Jacob, he's committing. I forgot when he's committing, but uh, let me check it right now. He's probably one of your number one on the board, um, July 20th. So here in about two weeks, Brandon Jacob is committing. Uh, Four-star, he's the fourteen number 14 safety in the class, um, rated 93 overall on 247 from Evans High School in Orlando. He's the guy that kind of right now becomes the main priority. Addison Williams and David Gibbs are kind of fighting hard for Brandon Jacob. Um, it looks like it's between us, Miami, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Maryland. I think UCF has a good chance at this one. I mean, again, this might be the number one guy in your class at the end of the day. Um, it really now Jalen Hayward. That's the question: Is Jalen Hayward going to stick with Georgia, or is there some potential that he flips? I can't get a good read on Jalen Hayward. If I had to guess, it seems like he is going to stay at Georgia, but anything can change. Obviously, um, Artavius Jones, defensive lineman, he would be again talk about Kenny Martin pulling off another heist. If Kenny Martin pulled this off, that'd be two straight years that he would have the UCF's number one rated recruit. Um, obviously defensive line, 6'3", 280. If I had to guess right now, he's going to Miami, but it seems like it's between us and Miami right now. Florida State and Tennessee, I don't really see it. Um, he's from uh, Bluntstown, Florida, um, but I think he goes to Miami. But if Kenny Martin, if anybody can do it, it could be Kenny Martin. And if Kenny Martin does it, I mean, you might as well say bye to UCF fans because he's probably going to get hired somewhere else for a lot of money because man can recruit. Besides that, I think right now it's more of a wait-and-see game. There's some other potential players, but those are kind of the big ones at the moment. And again, if you get some of those guys signed, Brandon Jacob, Artavius Jones, I mean, I just, it'll be insane. It'll be insane. And we'll come on this pod and you don't want a UCF fan to have this much ammo. Like this is just straight ammunition, straight ammunition. All right, let's really quickly get into this. Um, I want to thank people, and by people, I mean one person, because again, I'm not too big on Twitter. You know, there's a lot of other high-end UCF folk um, that are on. Do I have to join the Instagram, the new Instagram app? I don't really want to do that. I feel like I have to. Yeah, do I have to join threads? I'm not touching that until we get at least like six months in. Unless it just absolutely yeah. like pops off, I don't think there's any reason to make the switch yet. I think I think Twitter reverted back to uh, the old way too. I don't think that uh, um, what was it the the read limit or whatever they had. I don't yeah, I don't think they, that's they in, got rid of that yeah. Stuff. I think they got rid of that pretty quickly. So at Dolly Drama on uh, Twitter uh, wanted us to talk about the preseason rankings, um, which we'll talk very little about it because I am flabbergasted um i will say better than the three other schools joining the big 12 that's a positive sorry about the lighting folks also by the way uh we recorded this at sunset and now it's getting dark so it looks like sean, uh, sean talked for too long it was pure perfect natural light outside and now i look like uh i'm in black and white yep <laughs> man's coming out of a 40s moving um you can go turn on the light while I talk. How about that? You go turn on the light and I will, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk about our preseason ranking. Um, okay. So 
Preseason rankings for the Big 12 just got announced. And UCF came in at 8th. 8th in the Big 12, which many would take and say, you know what, we're brand new to the conference. It's fine and dandy. I'm not that person. Uh, I thought coming in, we'd probably be ranked 7th or 6th. I thought that was a pretty good idea of where UCF would actually end up with 7th or 6th. The thing with these preseason rankings is you might just have randos that are voting for it. So Oklahoma State got a number one, a first place vote, which basically means because they got a first place vote, they kind of catapulted us. So they got the seventh spot and we get the eighth spot. At the end of the day, all these rankings are BS. It doesn't matter. Like they put West Virginia 14th. Who knows? West Virginia might be 13th. They're pretty bad, but like we don't actually know. I think UCF has a good chance to win 10 games this year. That would, would that mean that there's the eighth best team in the conference? Probably not. So I'm very intrigued. To see, I, I found it absolutely ridiculous that no UCF players were on the preseason watch list for the Big 12. Like, no UCF players were on the that list. So, extra motivation. I think you could have definitely added a couple players in there that I think are, you know, coming in as maybe one of the best, if not the best player in the conference. But I think it's all just show, getting people ready. Like, there's no, this has nothing to do with our talent. Again, I think it's, fairly rated like eighth seventh sixth like put us within that margin i think it's a pretty solid ranking again if you look at it that way ucf is in the the tier two of schools in the big 12 right now and i think that's a good place to put them now give it a year a year or two again when texas and oklahoma leave guys you're looking to ucf to potentially be the best team in the conference a top three team in this conference because if you're looking at the Big 12 in recruiting, UCF is going to be the number one or number two school in the recruiting aspect, right? So you have that on top of the fact that they're coming in as the sixth best team or eighth best team, however the hell you want to put us. It, the sky can only go up from here. So Rob, kind of give your take. UCF gets ranked eighth in the preseason rankings. Again, does it really matter? Like, do you actually think that matters at all? And kind of what are your takes on this stupid voting process where somebody can vote for any school to be the number one, like Oklahoma State gets a first place vote and then it kind of, that's why it's so stupid. It's so stupid because again, UCF would be seventh and be like, oh, we get ranked seventh, but no, we're ranked eighth. So we're like, but like we're still tier two, but we're on the second tier of teams, even though like it's so stupid. Say whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I think the voting is stupid anyways. Every preseason thing, any every preseason prediction, this player is going to score this many points. This player is going to score this many touchdowns. This team's going to put up this many. But you don't know. You don't know, until, especially college football. College football is like the most unpredictable. Uh, unless you're like Alabama or Georgia every year, it's pretty much the most unpredictable sport um, because there is, you know, your season can start out good and then just completely plummet. You know, you can you get some easy cupcake games to start the schedule and then, you know, you get into the actual meat of the schedule and you struggle a little bit more. So, I mean, it goes both ways. I think the voting process and, and just the preseason ranking stuff is stupid because you just don't know. Uh, UCF is in 
is a new fish in a big pond. I think a lot of, I think a lot of experts, a lot of insiders and stuff like that are viewing it as, oh, well, you know, are they really going to make that big of a splash coming in? It's a brand new team. You know, we'll rate them higher than some of the other uh, new teams to the Big 12, like Houston and Cincinnati. But, but I will say a lot of the insiders, like a lot of Big 12 insiders and a lot of people kind of saying who's going to do the best out of the four schools. It's almost un- universal that they keep they they've always said UCF is going to be in the best position and UCF has the best chance to take over. So I will say, in that sense, people have been on UCF from the beginning. Yeah, in that, I mean that's been that's easy though. I mean, again, Florida's a hotbed. We're the only Florida school in the Big Twelve. Um, a a Power Five school in Florida is dangerous just because of the recruiting hotbed. And we, we talked about the hometown heroes, not to get on all that again, but just the wealth of Central Florida prospects. UCF is in one of the best positions to succeed. Cincinnati's going to ha- probably have a down year. They lost a lot of recruits. Luke Fickle left. Luke Fickle was a huge reason why they were so good at recruiting and so good on the field. He's gone. Uh, you know, BYU is always going to be a solid program. And Houston doesn't really focus on football. Houston was not is not that great of a football program. There, Dana Holgerson he, is a character. No, he is. He's he is a he's a wacky guy. And they he, but again, they're up and down. Sometimes they're good. They're a bit surprising. Other times they're horrible. Uh, you know, Houston's a basketball school. So if you're talking basketball, Houston's probably set up the best. Football, not so much. Uh, so it's not a surprise that that UCF's ranked the best out of the four. But still, I think in regards to the rest of the Big 12, I think we went through the schedule earlier in the year. Maybe you can call us delusional. I think I had UCF losing all of like two or three games. But, you know, um, to be more fair, I think a lot of those games against West Virginia, against Baylor, against Texas Tech, against OSU, I don't think they're going to be blowouts one way or the other. I think they're going to be close. So even if I'm not blowouts, no. but I do think like Texas Tech, I don't see us winning. Um, yeah, I, I, Baylor. Yeah, not to not to get all into it, but I think I think they're going to be a lot closer than we're used to seeing in the American. You know, where UCF yeah. UCF going into it, it's not going to be. You know, they might not be might not be the favorite every game, but you know, there is a surprise victory they can come out with. It's going to be close. I don't think you're going to see blowouts here and there i definitely think ucf will take their lumps i don't think i'm not delusional i don't think ucf is going to be top two top three in the conference uh especially with texas and oklahoma still there although i don't know oklahoma might still not be very good but you know it's the one when i won is oklahoma yeah i don't know i don't know how good oklahoma is going to be this season i don't think they're going to be that much better uh and they were already pretty bad last year so uh not to say we're going to beat them but I do think a lot of those games are going to be close, and I think UCF is going to prove that they're tough. Um, I, I also agree. I think six is a little bit more fair. Uh, I think eight's a little low, but you know, you just never know. This is a competitive conference, basketball and football wise. This is a very competitive conference. Um, and like you said, I th- oh I think when the doors blow off, when when Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, I think this conference is wide open. I don't think there is a clear cut uh, winner. Uh, but uh, like you said, I think UCF is in one of the best positions because they're in Florida and because they're in a hotbed. I think UCF is one of the most intriguing te- te- teams past 2023 in the Big 12. The sooner people admit that, the sooner it'll be easier to, easier to swallow when it actually happens. Like we're already starting. And so it's like the sooner you admit that UCF is going to, it's going to be the big four in Florida. And it, it is, it, it is already like, again, Florida, FSU, and Miami have been losing recruiting battles to UCF for the last couple of years. So it's like 
The sooner you understand that it's already happened, the sooner you'll be able to live with it at night for all you other fans and, and the other teams of Florida. All right, guys. I think that's that's a long episode for you to take in, about an hour. It's like old time charge on. This is we're getting so close to the season. You could taste it. The episodes are longer. The the lights are getting more dim. Uh, the echo is getting louder as I speak. Um, <laughs> Rob, give your final thoughts. Obviously, crazy week, crazy week, and it's only going to get crazier in the month of July, and then basically you get to August, and and we're in training camp, bro. So, um, kind of give your final thoughts on this very echoey podcast uh of charge on yeah i mean i don't think there's much to complain about here i think uh i think ucf's doing just well uh gus is booming a lot on twitter i think the fan the fan base is probably some of the happiest it's been just with all the recruits we can barely handle all these recruits committing at the same time we might go into a lull i don't know maybe towards the end of july we're going to start seeing more commitments you know i don't know if it's going to be as consistent as it has been but this is, listen, this is one of the best weeks in UCF recruiting history. And I don't think that's a big stretch to say. I don't think that's overhyping it. It's true. Just look at the, again, stars aren't everything, but just look at the quality of recruits we're getting. I, I think uh, I think it speaks for itself. So UCF's in a great position. It's uh, it's nice to, nice to have this happiness now. We don't know what we're going to get during the season. <laughs> Remember last season, we went into the season all high. I was just thinking and, that, and like, just, we're so hype right and now. And after like week and three, we're, we're just hit. in a depression state and we're talking quiet and we're like, here's what went wrong. Listen, if that happens again, at least we're in the Big 12 and at least we got 2024 and 2025 to look forward to. Yeah, it's like week two, we lose to Boise and then it's oh, like, don't. <sighs> Listen, we beat them once and I'm not going to put that in the It world. was a three hour weather delay and we won and we made a comeback. We're, oh. Hopefully, we don't get in that position again. We just outright win. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Well, I appreciate you guys tuning in to Charge On again. I apologize for the technical issues. I can't, I keep saying it because it annoys me. So I, if it annoys you, it annoys me. Just know. So next week, you will be in a, there will be a new setting as well because I'm going to try something else out. Um, so hopefully it works. And keep tuning in to see if I can ever fix this damn echo issue before the 2023 season kicks off. Find out where Sean um, Find out where Sean is filming next on the next episode. Oh, yeah, I might be in a damn McDonald's <laughs> in the back, the back of McDonald's eating a McChicken, being like, this is the best echo, I, echo cancellation I can get. All right, guys. Thank you again for all the support. Please follow me on Twitter at Sean Mr. Green. I post a good amount there uh, when we post. Uh, any questions I may have for you, uh, and anytime a recruit commits, my Twitter account or any UCF Twitter account posts. So it's not just me. It's basically every Twitter account on there. Um, but please tune in next week. I'm assuming Nick will be in next week, and hopefully we have a special guest next week. That'd be great. Um, but we will let you know uh, early before that happens. Uh, this has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.